Well, there's also the difference between truly high intensity true yeah and something that just feels hard or you get tired doing because, it because you're already tired doing it yeah ahead of time so you can't actually do go that fast yeah. because if you were to put in air bike sprints like that for 20 calories 15 calories something like that and repeat that that's high intensity if with so you're enough talking rest. like 15 to 20 seconds yeah. all out yeah every full well, for you every yeah. five seven minutes <laughs> every week once a week <laughs> i do 15 like seconds i'm good every for the week. year on the year <laughs> yeah <laughs> are we recording oh yeah it's like <laughs> a year from now macho oh man that's fancy. i like that my kids know that i'm healthy and strong and fit and that their mom is healthy and strong and fit Okay, I can still get better without having to do a max effort every single day. Smashing yourself on the roller for uh, an hour, right? you're good by the next day as long as you had a sandwich and a net. So this will be part three of our three-part series on CrossFit's methodology. Today we'll be talking about high intensity. Um, CrossFit actually goes... Uh, I guess CrossFit kind of goes beyond what many people do with high intensity and they put some physics to it. So in CrossFit terms, they're really looking at power and power output, which equals work over time and work being force times distance. So like as you as you would have heard in our previous episodes, and if you know anything about CrossFit, all these things kind of bleed together and kind of like, you know, logically make sense. For the functional movements, you have uh, large loads long distances quickly so obviously you want to have a larger distance you want to have a high load and then you bring it into the high intensity realm uh, where the goal is to create power um, so it kind of all makes sense together um, so it's, it's actually kind of nice when like I remember first learning about it going that's that's cool I kind of like that they put this effort into this and they lit it out this way and they explained it like this because you know it's, it's, it's nice to read something like that that someone thinks that way so, um, I, and I, I see, yeah, so with some of the other episodes, with the previous episodes, um, I guess we, like, we, we tried to make, tried to make sense of more, more sense of what their definition is or what they're asking for, uh, with high intensity. And, um, I think it's less clear to me on this one, but uh, I know for sure they're not saying that you should be doing maximum efforts all the time because like we were talking about prior to starting this podcast as a group was um, like there, there's lots of skills and drills involved uh, and it's talked about right it's talked about frequently especially in the older lectures with Glassman um, but is it is it actually planned and is it actually programmed on a regular basis um, so what I mean by when skills and drills are practiced they're said to be practiced and worked on um, for the most for the large majority of people uh, involved in CrossFit, is it actually done though? That's the that's kind of what I would ask. Is it actually done? Um, and just an example being if someone's working on their handstand walks, like are they usually only ever doing it as part of their wad or workout, or are they actually as part of their class workouts or maybe their class is good enough for that stuff? It's actually being done before the class in a really, um, I guess, in, in um, an appropriate setting for that individual. So again, we're not trying to say that that's all they ever that that's all they'll ever ever say is just be go as fast as you can all the time and everything. 
But uh, it's not explicitly said when you're supposed to not go as fast as you can either. Uh, the directions are not really given as to when it's okay to not go fast. It's just, uh, and not do it for time, and not do it for max load, max reps, um, etc. So that really comes to uh, an important concept when you're training, uh, when you're training individuals, uh, and something that's vitally important uh, is teaching individuals different intensities. Uh, and with like, even if we just say talk in terms of, we'll, we'll just talk in terms of like of conditioning work for now or people getting good at doing like running rowing biking um, type of workouts there's a there's a really important there's a really good value in teaching uh, the athletes how to go and learn what it feels like to go at different paces um, because like there's there's many many there's many benefits to going at different paces but just simply is that the athlete gets to learn about themselves they get to learn what it feels like, for example, to row at 210 on the rower, 210 per 500 meters for 1,000 meters. They then know what it feels like to row at two, two minutes for 500. They know what 150 feels like, and they go, okay, 145 per 500 is starting to get real hard for that distance. Um, but I probably could do 140. So it just it, it's, it's not to say that, they, uh, that going hard is, is not valuable. That's not what we're saying at all here with this first part is that you want to allow athletes to experience different levels of intensity. Uh, and that's something that's extremely important for the long-term development of the individual. So what's the, what's the contrast then? Because we have this way of going through each, each subject. We have what it is, the high intensity, yeah. and then the contrast, which is what do we do different and why? Right? Yeah. What's, the diff- what's the contrast with high intensity? How else, how else do we program and why? Yeah, so what I was just discussing is how uh, how an athlete and why an athlete should experience different levels of intensity, and then obviously us being the coach, we would prescribe that. Um, so uh, I guess a simple example is that I guess o- over all durations of effort, we would want athletes and what want the individuals to experience all levels of effort uh, along with that. So if it's a short effort, they're gonna. I want them to know what an easy pace feels like for that effort, for that duration, and what a fast pace feels like. If it's an hour, they should know what an hour really hard feels like, but they should also know what an hour easy feels like. Yeah. So we prescribe specific paces yeah. instead of just saying as much work as possible in the given time or for time. We prescribe paces. We control the intensity. Intensity. Right. For what reason? You're 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 yeah. looking for giving someone exposure to different intensities, but why? Yeah, I guess it would come down to um, depending on what quality you're trying to improve first. Um, so let's let's just stick with the endurance thing. Um, a, a very an obvious factor in terms of, and we'll, we'll just keep it simple with regards to the cyclical modalities like rowing, biking, running. A very obvious factor in improvement over time is volume and accumulating work volume, and you can't accumulate work volume at high intensity. And when I and to qualify work volume, it doesn't mean thirty or forty minutes a week. Uh, work volume in terms of someone who is just going to be a runner would be extreme amounts of work for the average crossfitter in running, like you know eight ten hours a week easily, um, more than that for many individuals, but. Um, most of that time is spent working easily 
right? Because if you're going to run for that duration of time, if you're going to accumulate like 120, 140, 150, 160 kilometers a week, which some runners would, you can't run all those. You, you, well, you probably can. Someone probably can. But the recommendation would not be to accumulate that distance at a really fast pace, right? The, the large majority of, those, of that distance can be accumulated at different intensities besides being really fast. So are you saying there's another avenue for adaptation down the road of volume rather than just intensity? Yeah, so I guess what we're getting at is that most of the, most of the training that my clients would do and our clients would do is innately submaximal, right? Which allows for repeated bouts of effort. Uh, sometimes it is maximal, so there might not be repeated bouts, but the large majority of the work being done is innately submaximal and is explicitly not meant to be max efforts because they want repeated efforts over and over and over. Which in turn just increases work volume, which in turn hopefully uh, what we want to see is increases in adaptation because you're trying to provide enough stress on that system for that individual to create a response. Specifically as they get better and better and better and fitter and fitter and fitter, right? But what would be the, the difference in stress of 500 meter repeats on the rower times five versus 10 minute repeats at a prescribed pace for five. Five, sorry, say 500 meters. So if you're accumulating, like, are, are, are you, you just giving like a hypothetical workout? Yeah, if, oh. I, if, if you're accumulating volume, right, we're saying we're trying to add a specific type of stress. What is the difference between doing high intensity row repeats versus accumulating rowing volume? Or is it, it would be the same as running, right? Like. What, what are we training differently by accumulating volume versus prioritizing intensity? Uh, well, my first instinct would be you get more time to practice. That would be my first. So is it specifically the skill of rowing then, or? I'm not sure what you're asking. But well, if, well, if we're- if I'm we're not sure what you're asking me yeah, for. Okay, no, I'm just, I'm just trying to create a conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so if we're talking about putting stress on an athlete to cause an adaptation, what would be the difference in adaptation between high intensity versus high volume? Because you can't have both. Correct. So what's the difference in adaptation between high intensity and high volume? And why would we not only focus on high intensity? I think the longevity of it, right? Like you can't sustain high intensity for prolonged periods of time before your body starts breaking down. Whereas accumulating volume at submaximal intensities will allow you to do that more so. So truly high intensity, you cannot sustain for longer bouts, obviously, but how many, how many truly high intensity training sessions can you do before burning out? Yeah, I mean, that's highly, highly individualized, right? It's very specific to the individual, but I think if anyone does it long enough, there's going to be an end point where that's no longer beneficial, where they're no longer seeing adaptation and positive adaptation right so that would start to see regression in their performance th their intensity would naturally drop off yeah yeah okay I, I don't this is th this is legitimately a question that i haven't found a, a real good answer for because in theory when you're going this might not even include this i'm just talking yeah, yeah um, it's okay. if in theory what you're doing is is going really high intensity for a long period of time and then you're recovering and and you're trying to get better at recovering mm. right if you're doing longer duration 
um, you're recovering during your bout of, of effort. So what is the difference between the physiological adaptation of high intensity recover, like intervals, mm. versus longer duration work? Because I, well, I know that- Longer duration work is gonna, it's gonna be lower intensity, right? Um, so if you're just even, even if you say 20 minutes, if 20 minutes of rowing interval is automatically gonna be a lower pace than a 500 meter row. So then you have to think of the actual physiology required to row that pace. So you're likely similar, again, I always just think of it in terms of running, but you're gonna require more motor units to row the 500 meter pace at the faster pace. So then if you row a faster pace, you're gonna allow your body and those types of motor units to get exposed to those efforts. Because if you're rowing slowly, that you're you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna use all you're not gonna use those higher threshold motor units likely, because uh, it's unnecessary and it's very inefficient. But on the other end of it, if you want to fully train, that's what endurance athletes do. If you want to tr fully train your slow twitch muscle fibers, right? It requires lots of work. So 500 meter rows are insufficient uh, to fully tax the capability of those muscle fibers. Right, to give them the most broadest response of adaptation that you're looking for. Uh, which just, in, like that's from a physiologic standpoint, if you're talking endurance athletes, you're gonna wanna do really fast paced work to work on X, Y, Z. Um, but the large majority of the work is gonna be really long and slow because you're, uh, from, um, from one lens, you're really trying to improve the efficiency of the slow twitch enduring fibers. That's what you're really trying to do there. Besides all the other things that go along with doing easy work, right? Improve movement efficiency, movement economy, yada, yada. So if that's what you're asking, that's would be my answer as to what the what the difference is between intense interval work and like long long work. Um, but obviously we know, like anyone knows, there's a gigantic psychological difference between doing long easy work and doing really intensive uh, interval work. One of them is like somewhat easy and somewhat pleasurable. One of them is uh, extremely unpleasant. It should for most. feel. It should like be unpleasant. Hell. It should be unpleasant. Even if you're doing repeatable work efforts, it's going to be hard, right? It's not going to be really easy. Um, I feel like we kind of got off on a tangent there, but that's. No, oh, I mean it's it's one of those things of your. Th just trying to do, figure out why, like why do anything that isn't super high intensity, right? Because all you yes. ever hear is go hard. Right? Yeah. So that's the hardest thing to do when someone comes yeah. from a traditional mm -hmm. CrossFit yeah. uh, training background is to be like, slow down. Yeah. And that is one of the hardest things for people to understand the why to it. Even after years of training with us, yeah. they're still going too fast sometimes. Yeah. Um, I think it still can come from the idea that like, with regard to intensity, that intensity is gonna solve all problems, right? Um, but if your problem on handstand walks is the fact that you suck at them. Uh, intensity is not going to fix that, right? Getting better at whatever the limiting factor is on the handstand walk for you is going to fix that. So, uh, with like, the goal of being able to go at a higher intensity, with if your goal eventually. if your goal is to get better at a workout like 500 meter row, 50 foot handstand walk, five rounds per time, and you're not good at handstand walks, there's no amount of intense variations of rowing and handstand walks that are going to that's that's the prudent way mm -hmm. to do it right you could you could still do it and you could still get better obviously but that's not the best way to do it the best way to do it would be initially for these people that aren't good at handstand walks is to focus on handstand walking exclusively um, and for whatever that means for them right whatever their limitation is on the handstand walk that's what they work on and they don't even need to use the rower 
and they'll go back two or three months from now and they'll obliterate their previous time. So intensity didn't fix it, right? Movement economy did. And there's tons of examples like that. So uh, with some people that just continually think that they're they're not good at thrusters, uh, so they got to do more reps and do them faster, do them harder. It could be that they're just not good at thrusters, like legitimately not good. Like they're always off balance. They're moving their feet, and they may not even know it because they may just they may think that's just normal, right? To always take steps every five or ten thrusters to just move. But when they then it's like then you then ask them to watch their favorite CrossFit athlete do it, and you're like, do you notice how they don't move their feet whatsoever on thrusters, and everything is exactly the same over and over? That's because they're really good at thrusters. So um, in that scenario, with if someone has that problem, it's like maybe you just slow down and practice your thrusters properly um, because intensity is not always the answer, right? Um, but if everything's in line and everything's working perfectly, then intensity might be the answer for you. It might just be literally just go harder and try harder and everything's going to resolve itself because you do everything perfectly. You get the rare athlete that tries to do everything perfectly and you have to... Drag, yeah, drag them out of that hmm. trying to do everything perfectly. Yeah, you have to force them to go faster. A little bit less than perfect. How often do those people happen? <laughs> Not frequently. <laughs> um, and it's along those lines, right, with, with the mechanics, consistency, intensity, which again is a fantastic, it's a fantastic statement um, from the original uh, What is Fitness article, isn't it? Mechanics, consistency, intensity, or What is CrossFit, one of them one of those articles um <clears throat> yeah it's like that's it's a really good thought process mechanics consistency intensity uh but which we have alluded to before is that i just feel like the mechanics consistency thing is just it's kind of run through pretty quickly that's all and i'm guilty of it as well of doing that type of stuff uh, and pushing people along their continuum of, of ability like pushing them pushing beginners along a little too soon every now and then that's the art of it, right? Yeah, that's the art of coaching, though. Yeah. So you want to, you want to, you want to ride that line. You want to make right? it better. They want to get better. Yeah. No one wants to. No one wants to be hanging no. back when everyone else is. But but like a great example of what we're talking about with mechanic consistency, intensity, and how it's usually glossed over, uh, and when how it how we would want people to apply it, and how we would apply it, uh, is Jill, right? Yeah. Is like yeah, it's just, classic. Just tell tell the example of Jill. Just give it who who she is. Yeah, so Jill is a client of mine. She's been working with me actually. Last week, her testing week was uh, with the one year anniversary for her and I working together, which was kind of cool. How it ended up falling on the testing week, but she uh, she came to me uh, a year ago and just a, a classic example of an athlete who needed to gain strength in order to. Uh, in order to be able to perform certain skills. And so basically through the last year, we've been really working on her upper body, pushing and pulling strength, um, specific to this example that we're talking about. Um, and then within that, working on progressions of of skills for certain, for, uh, for been working on progressions for drills to achieve muscle-ups, handstand push-ups, strict handstand push-ups, stuff like that. Um, and so doing that in conjunction with all the strength work and she's probably done every single progression you can think of for a bar muscle up and a ring muscle up within my programming and going to Jason's gymnastics clubs that he puts on. And finally last week, it was a testing week. I wasn't going to be here. Usually I'm here going through some of the progressions with her when she's doing her gymnastics progressions. I wasn't going to be here that day. So I just thought, oh, it's a testing week. Why don't we just try it and see? Cause she's very close to a ring muscle up and has been very close for a long time, but just can't, couldn't piece it together. And uh, 
when I get her results, she sent me four videos of she went four for five in a ring muscle ups and then she did it again earlier this week and went five for five in a ring muscle ups. And it's just a classic example of, you know, progressing the the skill in an appropriate fashion and progressing her in in an appropriate fashion in her strength work, upper body strength strength pushing and pulling work specifically both relative strength and absolute strength numbers have gone up significantly um, and it's just kind of carried over into her skills but without those strength metrics improving and without the exposure to the, the skills and the progressions of those skills in a timely fashion in conjunction with another with one another i don't think she would have been able to get that ring muscle up obviously still working on the bar muscle up but the ring muscle up is is here to stay i think yeah, it's, that it was it was awesome because for for her, I can't even remember when she started here. Like I would say seven years ago. Oh, she, yeah, she came in here training as a personal training client initially, right? Yeah. Her with her mom. Yeah. And her brother. And her brother, and then uh, yeah, and then worked with with another coach here for a period of time. Rob. Yeah. And yeah, was, yeah, so Jill's been here for probably seven years, and just like if anyone had the chance to see her, and I'm sure she's gonna hate us now. Um, for talking about her, but <laughs> it's just been the, the progress she's made over those years, and they've it's all been like one little thing of that after another with yeah. regards to this what you just said about her with the ring muscle up. It's been one progression like that after another with it, pick every gymnastic movement, pick snatching, pick clean and jerks, pick this, pick handstand walks was same, right before ring thing, muscle right? ups. It's been yeah. all these progressive, all these progressions over and over and over and over. But then the easy example is okay, so Jill just got that one ring muscle up. The first thing we, st- the first thing you're gonna want to keep doing is keep doing what you're doing, mm-hmm. right? And then just make her better and more consistent at doing the one ring muscle up. Yeah. It's not gonna be sweet. We got ring muscle, one ring muscle up. Let's start testing open workouts. Yeah. Let's do muscle let's, ups. Let's do Nate. Right. Because <laughs> you go, there's no. That doesn't make any sense. That's not a progression for yeah. that person. Yeah. Um, now the progression is building volume. Right. Right. Now we're now you're working on consistency. You're yeah. gonna work on it for a long time. Yeah. As opposed to which. And I'll just I, I just I just think that's what's done is you you figure out a muscle up and you're like I have, now I'm just going to do it in I'll just I, I, now I can do am do the workouts as RX. Yeah. It's like well, you shouldn't be like you sh- still shouldn't do them because you haven't introduced fatigue into that movement yet. You've only ever done it perfectly, and if you're going to start introducing fatigue into the movement, let's introduce it by trying to get ten in one day. Mm-hmm. Like if you can do ten do one rep at a time, good. Uh, one good rep 10 times that's fatigue for them mm-hmm. and then it might be 15 total in one day and yeah. that's fatigue for them it's not like let's do 100 thrusters or wall balls and then let's try some muscle ups and let's fail them all and potentially tear my rotator cuff yeah. Like, yeah that's that's not that that's not logical to me yeah. and i'm not saying people do that but i'm just talking like how easily it can get out of hand yeah. when you don't follow what's actually written down in mechanics consistency intensity and where more easy uh easily prescribed progression to that to introduce intensity would be like you said increase the volume but then you know once they can do 20 ring yeah. muscle ups they can probably do 30 ring muscle ups you know once that kind of comes yeah uh do 20 double unders not, and one ring muscle up per minute yeah or right. just de- decrease simple. decrease the time between the reps. reps yeah you know what i mean easy yeah it's just simple simple advancements and just get them going along keep them going keep them going keep them going and then then as you get there you're just like okay now you're now you're this is now this is an appropriate test for you mm-hmm. or this is appropriate training for you right but you got to make your way there you got to earn your way there that's really what it is yeah. um and she's super patient it's been great like I, just watching her progress over the years has been awesome and she actually celebrated which I is know, it's unbelievable yeah 
It's amazing. <laughs> that, was, go, that was one of the most amazing yeah, parts of it. Go check Scott's Instagram. Um, yeah, and then, so like, uh, which I already mentioned already, um, is that like one of the issues with intensity is that you're innately going to have lower volume of training load. And that makes sense uh, for some people, right? Uh, I would say it makes sense for people that don't really care about training for part one. If your goal is that you just want to work out three times a week and sweat, I don't think it, I don't think it matters. If you just go hard all the time, all right, well, who cares? Like, it doesn't, doesn't matter. You're not really looking for progress. You're just looking to work out hard, and that's what you like doing in a class setting. Okay, that's totally fine. Um, but if your goal is to really push certain variables forward, you're in, you, you your best bet with doing that is repeated quality efforts and repeated quality efforts means submaximal um, and that's going to allow you to accumulate more practice and more time to getting better at what you're trying to get better at and you can pick whatever you want to pick in terms of, of the movement or the skill or whatever um, but that approach is generally going to mean that you're going to do lower you're, it's, going to, it's not always going to be max efforts or the most weight you can lift and a very easy example of that, which uh, again Jason was mentioning prior to the podcast, is weightlifting. Right? Like it's not always go in there, try to hit your max. Okay, now let's do let's do this for a max. Let's do this for a max. Let's do this for a max. It's innately a skill-based sport that people are extremely strong, um, and precision isn't and precision and like consistency and perfection is not drilled by doing five reps per week. Because <laughs> that's all you'll handle if you're if you're just maxing it out all the time, right? It just doesn't allow enough time for experience, right? It doesn't allow enough time for practice. Doesn't allow enough time to improve the other things, the other qualities that aren't just contractile strength, right? Um, and then, like along those uh, along those same lines of uh, of ch- of allowing for variance in intensity within a training program, that's what's really or what what would be considered optimal for long term success to prevent. Uh, like burnout to try to prevent plateauing to, to try to prevent staleness of the athlete and specifically just their mentality and their psychology it's good to have times and I, for, I'm speaking for myself I know I really enjoy um, I, I really enjoy certain days of running because that's all I do now is run um, that, that are just easy I really enjoy, I look forward to days that are easy um, and then I look forward to having the days where I get to go fast and, but it's a good balance for me because then it allows me to just go, go into a training session for running with no pressure. You just go do it, right? There's no pressures. There's no expectation. I, I know going into it, I'm going to be able to perform what I'm supposed to be able to perform with no stress and no strings attached, which is good, right? It's good at times. And it, I, I feel like it's a really sustainable uh, pattern as opposed to if I'm like, I'm going to run as fast as I can in all these various ways, five to six, seven times a week. I feel like that that would that would cause me to not want to start not want to run, um, and just also for myself, that's one of the things. After I was when I when I was competing in CrossFit, after competitions, I just didn't want to do it anymore. I wanted to take I wanted to stop doing it because I was just like I don't really want to I don't want to work that hard uh, on a daily basis anymore. Like I just need to stop for a bit. Um, but then you just get smarter about it, and you try to introduce that on a regular basis, right? So you try to prevent those those like points of burnout and fatigue and going, I don't really want to work out because I don't want to die today. <laughs> Circa 2008, 2009 CrossFit, right? Just going ham city all the time, right? And then as you get better over the years, you start introducing like more, making more sense of it and going, okay, I can still get better without having to do a max effort every single day. I can get better without having to do that. 
And that's a really that was a that's a real epiphany for a lot of people. So yeah, you can have days throughout the week, and you should have days throughout the week that are extremely intense. Um, but you have you should balance it. In, assuming you're following a weekly layout, you should balance it with days that are not as intense or are somewhat easier for the person to to finish. It doesn't mean it has to be just walking for people that are super competitive. That's not adequate. Um, but like it, it could just be like it's just not that hard. Like they know it's not that hard to do. They're not really worried about doing it. They just go and do it, and they can come back the next day and go. I f- I feel pretty good today. Well, there's also the difference between truly high intensity, true, yeah, and something that just feels hard, or you get tired doing because, it because you're already tired doing it yeah. ahead of time, so you can't actually do it, go that fast. Because yeah. if you were to put in air bike sprints like that for twenty calories, fifteen calories, something like that. And repeat that. That's high intensity. If what's so you're talking rest. like fifteen to twenty seconds, yeah. all out. Yeah. Every full well, for you. Every yeah. five seven minutes. <laughs> every week, once a week. <laughs> I do it's fifteen like seconds. I'm good. Every for the week. year on the year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but versus versus doing something at a uh, what I would call a moderate pace that through the accumulation of volume becomes hard, mm-hmm. but it's not high intensity like so if you're if you're doing a a, uh, a classic crossfit style workout with gymnastics weightlifting and monostructural rowing wall balls toes to bar Mm -hmm. right your first round you feel great your second round you you start to have a a little bit of a response third fourth and then fifth round you're struggling to keep the same pace but you're able to maintain the same pace that's i wouldn't consider that high intensity that is a, another version of accumulating volume in a sport specific fashion yeah when in, well i guess we could say that intensity is more than like low medium high right there's yeah. there's lots of ways to classify that right so I like it can feel hard yeah and it will be hard by the time you're done your fifth round yeah but you don't go like could have gone faster on round one. Oh, you totally could have gone faster in round you two could have, yeah. but you're knowingly slowing down because you're trying to achieve a certain intensity and a certain pace yeah. it's again it's a prescribed effort it's and, a prescribed and that, intensity that's a skill in CrossFit knowing what pace you can yeah. maintain to, in order to do the most amount of work in that yeah. time yes and specifically for people that are new to it um, that's what we were talking the first thing we talked about is providing them with different efforts to experience different feelings and to get different experiences is invaluable to those people. They need to understand what, like, what the correct effort is, because initially they don't know. Yeah, you shouldn't have your first round be awesome and your last round take yeah. five times as long as your first round. Exactly. You could have a simple workout in there, um, and Janine in the gym, she had a, there was a great example of that last week. She was doing a couplet, which was wall balls and uh, hang squat snatches. And the wall balls were 40, 30, 20, 10, and the hang squat snatches were 8, 6, 4, 2. And, uh, and he, uh, right away, she wanted to do she wanted to do the wall balls as like 20, 20 and twenty or twenty ten ten, and she wanted to think to do the snatches in two sets. And I know from my experience, I know that was not going to happen. So I told her to do the wall balls, and she do she could do twenty for the first set, and then ten and ten. But she had to do the snatches, and uh, I think she did the snatches in two sets first. But then I'm like, then you need to do everything in tens. You do ten wall balls at a time max. Actually, I think she did the first round, first round of forty in tens as well, and she's thinking like, "What? Why am I doing four? Why am I doing? Why am I doing a set of forty in tens? I could go faster." But 
she doesn't have the experience yet and the knowledge to have the foresight to know I have to do well on the round of four and two on the snatches because the weight was challenging for her. Like I have to be able to get through that well and then I have to be able to do the round of 30 and 20 on the wall ball as well, right? You want this level of intensity and then try to hang on to that intensity or that speed to finish the workout as opposed to let's start really fast and explode and start failing reps, right? Because that's what would happen. But it's just like, it, that's, that's why it's, like, it's important to have a coach there to help you to try to regulate your intensity. But for beginners, you want to provide them scenarios where they can learn the intensity and learn different paces and learn that stuff, which just takes time. But if you never give them the opportunity to practice, how are they ever going to learn it, right? It's, just, it's not going to happen. Um, so I, like the, the previous episodes, we've always said things as to what the CrossFit case was, we try to just say what they're what they're saying or what their definition is. Uh, we try to talk about things that we do differently with regards to intensity and how we prescribe it. Um, I say, unlike the last, I guess, like the last thing that we'll talk about with regards to the to con- the um, contrasting what we do is again we were talking about this before the podcast. But um, what do you do like like so um, if the individuals if the goal of the of the of the training session or whatever is specifically to improve or challenge the skill aspect of a movement um, or an individual does a certain movement poorly um, like what we were talking we're kind of getting at with Jill uh, as you as you advance someone's skill on a certain movement along a continuum from beginner to intermediate to advanced uh, you're introducing intensity into it to try to challenge the skill but the goal is to still ensure that the skill is being done well right so where the movement becomes the priority, the intensity is secondary, right? So the intensity is a way to challenge the skill or challenge the movement in question, but it's not the goal, you know what I mean? Like it's not the goal to make it just be really hard and have them do the movement sort of well. So like we were saying with Jill, like if the example is five years from now, Jill's just still killing it. Um, and you're like, okay, so now, Jill, I want you, we're going to do 50 double-unders and five ring muscle-ups every three minutes for five sets, and I want to see it be consistent. Um, and then you see that she's getting way too gassed doing the double-unders by round three, and you're like, okay, the, that's not the goal. Like The goal was to just slightly challenge the movement. The goal wasn't to have her be bad at the movement because <laughs> the goal of that, that certain section of the session was the ring muscle-up. So the intensity was just as a way to push the push the envelope on the ring muscle up. The goal wasn't intensity, right? The intensity was used for a certain purpose uh, to challenge that area or, or just challenge that movement slightly. So that's a, that's that's a very that's, that's an important distinction when you're trying to dis, dis, uh, when you're trying to design training and what you're doing it for, because it's not always about intensity. It could be about certain characteristics of the movement you're trying to challenge. Intensity just kind of happens to follow along with what you're trying to do and how to progress it, right? So, um, what we what we would agree on with CrossFit is generally uh, with testing individuals, it's generally going to be maximum efforts. Whereas what we're asking for is max high intensity, max efforts, so we can try to get the best picture possible um, of the person. Some e- uh, some easy examples of um, of when it's not. Uh, that's why we say it's generally best to do testing high intensity but there are many tests you will do and many assessments you use on individuals that is simply not high intensity or no intensity like a movement assessment it's like you can get lots of good information with person doing very little 
Um, and there's tons of submaximal uh, energy system tests that you can do. There's submaximal strength tests you can do and to get markers of this, that, and the other thing. Um, but what intensity is really good for, which we kind of talked about, uh, I believe I mentioned like earlier in the podcast, was for people that are just like time restricted. If uh, so, for example, if you work out and let's just say you even have a coach, you have someone designing your training for you, and you only work out three days a week, uh, the likelihood that you're going to be spending one of those days just doing really easy, enjoyable efforts, if you have a goal of being really good. Uh, the likelihood is extremely low that you're going to be doing that unless something weird happened in your schedule and you're like, I couldn't work out today, so I decided to just go for a walk after I got home. All right, that's okay, but um, that's not good enough. Like, that's not going to work for someone like you. Um, and, but so, so we have people like that that train Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, so four sessions a week. Potentially most of the training and almost all the training could be classified as it's pretty intense most of the time. Because there's not much else you can do. But even within that, they'll still have submaximal repeated efforts over and over and over. But the average intensity of each session is going to be somewhat similar and it's going to be high. Because that's just the most effective way for these people in all likelihood. But with the caveat that there's still going to be submaximal efforts and there's still going to be things in there to try to ensure we're teaching the athletes what we're trying to teach them. We're teaching the individual what we're trying to teach them to move them towards their goal. Because um, not every adaptation you're looking for is physiological. Like you're not you're not just looking for that. You're looking for psychological adaptations and learning, which then lend themselves to performing better. Yeah, go back to the example that Jason talked about earlier, of you know 15, 20 cal air bike sprints, repeated for you know five, six sets, with specific rest. You're going to learn a lot about what it feels to be uncomfortable, and you're going to you're going to develop a new normal. Yeah, your threshold of, goes up. Yeah. This is now my new I'm going to die as opposed to last week I thought 50 well balls would make me die. Yeah, and there's like obvious... threshold, you mean psychological. Yeah. yeah, like there's obvious physiological benefits that are happening there too, but I'd say even more important than that would be the the the, the adaptation you have mentally towards tackling a task like that when you see it again, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the intensity aspect and the connection to the psychological advancement with intensity is is immense because without that uh it's it's you like well that's that's another discussion but without the without you improving the way you're perceiving the efforts um and that's one of the things that intensity does for you besides all the physiological aspects is that it makes you it makes it it provides you the experience of what intensity is and what effort feels like and what maximum efforts feel like which is super valuable because what jason was saying then it can easily change your reference of what you think intensity is which you just take anybody that doesn't ever work out, their their idea of what is really high efforts for them is so is it's it's like it it just it's not developed. They don't know what what really high effort is, right? They don't understand what that is, um, in the context of their life where they just get in their car and get out of their car day to day, right? They just their idea of what effort is is skewed. Um, yeah, so it's like that's that's one thing you can do, and uh, one thing that we. Uh, you should talk about with people like what Jason was talking about. We're not going to let Jason do 15 or 20 cows in the air bike because that's literally like eight seconds. That's not long enough for him. Yes, it is. <laughs> that's more than long enough. That's plenty. <laughs> yeah, so it, we're still going to knock him out to 15 to 20 seconds. Um, yeah, uh, I just that joke made me forget what I was going to say. <laughs> Good. 
What was I talking about? The, uh, yeah, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, so with the sprint work, yeah. Like usually when we, like, when we usually get people sprint work and that type of stuff on like on a bike sprints or row sprints or even hill sprints, burpees, burpee and thrusters or barbell stuff, whatever, that's meant to be non-sustainable, really fast, hard work. Um, I, like I, I, I was explaining this past weekend in Winnipeg at, um, at our fitness camp that I think the adaptation that occurs there is in the range of 90% in your head to 50% in your head for most people as to what you're really getting out of that intensity. You're just learning what it feels like to work that hard, and that in the in the context of those movements, and that's really important. As opposed to, well, we're getting this this increase in this type of contraction, we're getting this increase in this amount of lactate production, we're getting this increase in this amount of utilization. Like, yeah, okay, that's cool. Um, but the athlete is a, like the athlete's aware, and having that awareness and having that experience is extremely important. I don't know how, even how you would quantify that. Um, but I, I would I would give put it in the range that for some people it's almost everything, doing the intense work, like are doing the extremely intense sprint work like Jason was saying, and for some people it's probably half of it. Um, but that's why intensity is extremely important, and we we dose that we dose that accordingly in certain scenarios if someone's got a competition coming up or a certain event or whatever, um, because you want to make sure they're tough when they go into it. Like they need to be mentally tough. They need to be able to handle effort and be okay with it. As opposed to doing too much of it. And yeah. then you're tired by the time yeah. you get a, into a competition. You've done too much. Your your ability to keep pushing yourself is diminished. Yeah, uh, and that's, that was one of the. That was a good like. Remember, almost a year ago now, when we had that chat with uh, Samuel Marcora about that, he was just mentioning about how like when you talk about mental fatigue and mental like resistance to fatigue and response inhibition, those are trainable qualities that advance along with the individual and advance during training and over the years. Or specifically in a training program, um, but it's also an overtrainable quality. You can overdo it, and you can like you can put too much mental stress and mental strain in the person's training, and yeah, and that's where you're going to start leading to like just burnout and staleness because they're not you're going to be averse to the efforts. You're gonna be like I, I don't want to do that anymore. Like I I don't want to do that again. I need a little break before I force myself to try that hard. Like sure, physiologically I could actually probably handle that effort, but I don't want to do it. Like I don't want to. That's and if you don't want to do it, you don't have the motivation to do it. Nothing is going to work. Um, so it has to be dosed accordingly, right? Uh, I think that's pretty much it for today. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you like us, don't forget to leave us a review wherever you listen and tell some friends. This is how new people can find out about us. Make sure you follow the Instagram for updates on upcoming episodes at Spiral Out Podcast. We don't have any formal plans for topics that we're going to cover on this show, but if there's any topics that you guys want to hear more about or something that we haven't covered yet, make sure you send those questions to spiraloutpodcast at gmail.com. You can also send us a message on Instagram. I can't promise that we will cover every topic, but we will definitely read all of the messages. And last but not least, for anyone looking for coaching, make sure you head over to OptimumPerformanceCalgary.com. I will include that link in the show notes. If you live here in Calgary, we offer personal training as well as individual design. For those that live far, we also have remote coaching available. If you're interested in attending a fitness camp or possibly hosting one at your facility, you can also find information about those there. We do not plan to cover any of the topics that are covered in the fitness camp to make sure that those stay unique. 
Thank you for listening. Until next time.